0: Hey guys and welcome back to our podcast. This week we are still going to kind of stay on the subject of uh, COVID and long-term COVID complications. We are still working on our three-hour megalith uh, that uh, Harley and I recorded about a month ago. We're having to go in and break it down into what's going to end up becoming about a three-part series and it's just taking us a while to do so. And of course, life has happened. Harley's ended up really sick with COVID, which actually brings us to a perfect reason for me to just kind of continue the COVID conversation. Um, But of course, as you know, if you've been paying any attention to the news, COVID cases are just exploding, especially within America right now and are at an all-time daily high. So I really just kind of felt that right now, this was just kind of the right time to have this conversation. And as someone living with these uh, long COVID post-viral concerns and conditions, why not today? Let's go ahead and dive right in and talk about that for a minute. Originally, when Omicron was discovered, named, found, there was a lot of discussion that it looked to be relatively responsive to the current vaccines that were in place, that it looked to be milder, that it looked to be a shorter concern, et cetera, et cetera. But really what we're seeing now, uh, a month and a couple of weeks in, is that we're seeing a huge explosion in cases. The virulence is Certainly very concerning people that are vaccinated uh, fully, uh, fully being still considered in America, uh, just the double shot requirement. Uh, But now we are looking at, of course, not only considering that with booster and uh, we are those of us who have been in healthcare very excitedly looking forward to all the testing currently going on in India with the double boosters and those of us that have long term COVID complications are already waiting with bated breath to be able to go and grab a second booster of our own. As someone who already is extremely careful about outside travel and uh, doesn't mind the fact that her significant other is on extremely limited travel requirements for his own job, um, I will be, of course, one of the first ones to jump right on that one. So we have a few things going against us. And one is that the Omicron variant isn't as responsive to this traditional idea of a a double vaccine shot series. And so you have, you know, the concern of the the people who still refuse to vaccinate. So you have them getting sick. But then those who did get vaccinated are also getting sick. And even with a booster, those persons are also getting sick. So again, those of us that are really following the, you know, the double booster trials that are happening overseas, are really excited about watching that. Now, for anyone, again, I know I mentioned this in the last episode, but you know, anyone who really kind of follows virology, of course, uh, viral vaccines are only effective to a certain point. And there's a reason that we get flu vaccines on a regular basis, one being that viruses do mutate. So they're only responsive to a certain percentage uh, of viruses in the first place. You know, and there are more than one coronavirus. If you'll recall, the coronavirus causes everything from the common cold to SARS to the novel coronavirus COVID-19. So there are certain virals that will respond and there are going to be variants of covid 19 that are not going to respond at all to this vaccine, which again is still in emergency use only trials. So so keep in mind that even though we are giving it, it is only going to be effective to a certain degree. and we quite simply cannot test and distribute a vaccine that is still not a hundred percent as fast as this is mutating uh, on a global scale, especially when there is still so much anti-vaccine mentality, especially in in the U.S. And we continue to see that to be a problem. So not only are we seeing, you know, antibody uh, drop in those of us who got the initial vaccinations a year ago, and then those of us went and got boosted as soon as boosters were available for those of us that were either already experiencing long-term COVID problems or who worked in healthcare and, and were, you know, wanting to make sure that we stayed on top of that. You know, now, um, you know, we may or may not have decent antibodies um, uh, yet again, but that doesn't make us, of course, um, invulnerable. And, and for those of us that have any type of immunological concerns. Um, long-term steroid use, uh, any other comorbidities that would have concerns um, or immunological problems. You know, those of us that have to already, you know, take that into consideration. And then, of course, as travel opened back up and then the holidays came around. And I mean, you have all those other issues. And then through all of this, we still have not over the last two years seen any significant increase in the way that we have addressed any type of indoor circulation or ventilations the distribution of truly effective masks or the creation of truly effective masks Uh, you know cloth masks do give certain protections Uh, surgical masks um Surgical medical masks only give a certain amount of protection for a certain amount of time. Uh, you know, global vaccine access is still horrendously low. Uh, there are countries that have done phenomenally uh, throughout the world. There are countries that just do not have the access to it uh, due to funding or other reasons and concerns. Poverty level areas obviously have had poor access. There have been issues in America with significant uh, political arguments against the vaccine. Um, You know, there have just been so many reasons why people have refused to either believe that COVID is a concern or refused to believe that the vaccine is is anything but a, a ploy or a plot against them personally or against society as a whole. For so many reasons that I've heard, including government tracking, I-, I won't even delve into my normal responses. I hear things all the time, such as asymptomatic COVID isn't a thing, you know, with three daughters, a spouse, all of my best friends, a parent, um, you know, <laughs> pretty much everybody I know and love and who are near and dear to me in healthcare. I just, it breaks my heart to hear all of those. Um, one of my best friends is currently recovering from from COVID. Uh, I have multiple extended family members that have either recently been exposed or diagnosed positive with it or experiencing symptoms very similar to it, uh, even though they have tested negative. Keep in mind that Omicron does not Respond very well to a rapid test. If you are feeling symptoms that are mimicking any type of COVID symptoms, please do yourself a favor and get a PCR swab done because that is the most effective way to get a positive. If you are positive, keep in mind too that there is no one size fits all when it comes to a COVID diagnosis or a COVID recovery. Just because you are given the go ahead to go back to work. These long-term symptoms and the symptoms of COVID are quite simply time. You may have chronic cough. I've had one for two years now. Um, You may have chronic fatigue syndrome. It's a thing you're going to have to learn to deal with and handle and manage. And ignoring it is not management of it. You know, there are hundreds of symptoms and dysautonomias and orthostatic tachycardias and all sorts of things that can occur as a result of a COVID infection that can start to show up anywhere from the day of infection to weeks to a month, two months later. These are all things to keep in mind. And this kind of simple, well, the US is tired of. Dealing with what we've asked them to do, so we're going to kind of allow them to do anything else that they feel uh, they might want to uh, follow, It just kind of isn't the answer at this point. Uh, That kind of shows utter disregard to people who have that immunological concerns that have to travel due to being essential workers. Um, utter disregard to immunological or long-term chronic concerns for those that are having to come in to the, the ER and the, and the hospital. California has now put into place, especially in the, in the LA County area, uh, put into place, uh, many hospitals are telling their employees to go ahead and come into work even with a positive test. Because they are so shorthanded, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of healthcare workers are out due to positive tests and they're telling them to go ahead and come back to work anyway. Knowing that you are going into the hospital because you are sick, but not necessarily with COVID and could be being taken care of by a COVID positive nurse or doctor or a paramedic or aide or radiology tech or transporter or surgeon or Anybody else um, in your healthcare team is not the way to be taken care of. Um, and that's terrifying. But the truth of the matter is, you have healthcare workers leaving the bedside right now in droves due to burnout, due to illness, due to long term complications of COVID, and turning to other methods of caring for people for their own safety, for their own health, uh, due to recovery, uh, and for many other reasons. And This is the reality of kind of where we are right now. Unfortunately, however, working while COVID positive isn't a new thing. Uh, And they are taking steps, don't get me wrong. They are requiring their nurses and their doctors to uh, wear full N95s and, and PPE. But N95s and, and PPE are nothing new. That's what we've been wearing in healthcare since day one of COVID. Um, we've been wearing the same PPE all along and we were still getting COVID in the hospitals and on our way home. And, uh, you know, just traveling back and forth from work. So... It's it's still out there. It's still serious. And it's still a big thing. There's a lot of misinformation and there's still a lot of concern. And long-term COVID, simply put, just isn't a thing to bat an eye at. Um, it, we don't know where it's going to take us in a year or, or five years or 10 years. We don't know the long-term implications uh, of COVID and, and the long-term implications of long-term COVID, specifically quite Because it's not anything that we've ever experienced or been able to study. And as we move forward with all of this, where do we go next as an economy? Where do we go next as a country, specifically in America? It is a good question. One of the big pushes that has come about as a result of COVID that we started seeing last year were states that were stating, you know, as they reopened, you know, we will not close down again. We will not shut down schools. We will not shut down our economies because of the blow that it took with the shutdown at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, here's the problem that we're facing now. You know, I was speaking to another nurse yesterday who mentioned that Uh, Due to COVID, Monday morning, this week, on the 10th of January, 2022, she had to get her kids to school because every single bus driver in her district was out with COVID. So economy shut down or not, the economy seems to be, I don't know, trying to shut itself down. I don't know that we are going to find a way for our economy to keep itself open and this whole idea of if we shut things down again we're going to kill our own economy we're going to end up doing it to ourselves by letting people get sick and we're going to cause I think ultimately in my humble opinion more harm than good. This idea of allowing COVID to run its course doesn't seem to be going well. Take a look at the numbers again three minutes ago talking about LA County across the country from me. Our cases are skyrocketing. The virulence of this is through the roof. You know, we, we go out, we went grocery shopping last night and I was very excited. We actually went to an Amazon Fresh, which if you don't know, for those of you that, that aren't in the know, amazon fresh is amazing first of all um it is run by by amazon and obviously uh and you go in and and they do have some traditional checkout lines but but the great thing about it is is you know yeah you grab a cart it's got little sensors on it you check into your your amazon account with your phone um on the cart and then uh, you just literally walk through the store and you pick things up and you put them in the cart and um it scans everything that you put in the cart and it scans anything that you take out of the cart. And then when you walk out, you walk out through a specific line and it uh, scans your your cart um, as you walk through the line and it charges your account. And, and it's, you know, I, uh, basically a contactless way to do your own grocery shopping. And, and short, sure, we could have somebody do the grocery shopping for us and we could have it delivered. And and sometimes there's a big surcharge on that um and sometimes there's not but you know i was feeling stir crazy and really needed to get out of the house and that was a way for us to do that you know in a in a pretty contactless way and and still be able to get out and move around without you know a whole lot of other people around there were maybe 15 other people in the store total um it was pretty fantastic i was pretty happy and um and i still got to you know get all my meal prep stuff taken care of and and still still got to get the things that i needed but i did notice there was a lot of shortage on stuff and part of that again because a lot of people are ordering things to have them delivered there were shortages of things in the store um i i'm guessing that there is some product fulfillment that that happens for local delivery uh in our area from that store um you know there was no ground beef we noted in the store um and, and there were shortages on some other things as well but that was one thing that was like really glaringly obvious where were a lot of the you know a lot of those things but um but other than that I mean it was just it was such a great opportunity for us to, to be able to get out but still not be kind of mired in a crowd um or around a lot of other people and that's kind of been the big thing and I'm seeing that you know more and more schools are going back again to to virtual because a lot of the teachers are sick, school buses can't run and parents can't get their kids to school because they're at work, especially in single parent family situations. You know, I mean you're looking at forced closures due to illness versus preventative closures, which in the long run would be a far better choice for the economy overall. So the real question then becomes What's the better answer? And how do we once again slow this down? You know, we saw a article recently regarding professional sports teams here in America. And, and it was the NBA specifically that came out and, and said what I mentioned earlier in, in this podcast, which was more or less rolled down into um, we just have to accept that this is a, a way of life. And so why bother suspending any games or why bother um, you know, asking our fans not to come or asking our fans to wear face protection. Uh, and that was the week that uh, the NFL had postponed several games because they were having problems having enough players to play said games. They had so many players that were out on COVID rosters. So th- these are the things that we really have to kind of take into consideration as we move forward. Um, sure, shutdowns are no fun, but neither is on COVID. And that I can speak to from personal experience. Well, Hello. That's right, you've made it to the middle of the podcast, the part of the show where I introduce mid-real ads, something about dinosaurs, unicorn armies, and what's coming up in the second half. Well, what is coming up in the second half, you ask? Well, today's episode of the podcast you get to meet one of our daughters that's right our 21 year old today is coming on to talk to you a little bit about her experiences with covid over the last year and a half working in a hospital and maybe you'll get to listen to carl yell chuck chuck into his microphone oh no now he's shaking his head at me come on carl you're taking all the fun out of this As we we learn yet more about podcasting, editing, and everything that comes along with it. Welcome. Welcome to subspace. All right, let's dive right into the second half. Thanks for sticking around. Bet you can't wait just for that entire episode of Bloopers. I know we have a lot of fun making them. It's about 90% of what we record here in our studio. So let's get to it. I'm here with my daughter, a 21 year old lady. You know what? I haven't made any like random obscure video references, but if you get that YouTube reference, shout out! Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna
1: just close the tab real quick.
0: Welcome, Susanna. Look on your face says it all. She she looks so excited, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all just wait because I am screen recording this right now. I'm gonna get a shot of this. Beautiful twenty-one-year-old lady that's sitting in front of me on video right now. My beautiful daughter Susie, and I welcome, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, I haven't even washed my face today, so I
0: look gorgeous. She looks putissimus. <laughs> welcome. So she's going to come on. And she's going to chat with me a little bit about our lovely everything, friend, everything and nothing, and a little bit about COVID. So Susanna, Ugh. Ugh. I know, right? I feel you. So Susanna works in a hospital. Not to be named. Not to be named, but um, she does. And so she deals with some of, the, uh, some of the COVID side effects too and people who don't want to comply. Hmm. We've talked a lot about that, haven't we?
1: Yeah. Should I, I mean, should I tell some of my multitude of stories? Yeah, yeah, give I got me, a lot. Just give me a couple oh of them. Oh, my God. Oh, I think I'm going to go for my favorite. Um, So,
2: I take temperatures. That's what I do. I am paid to do 12 hours of essentially nothing. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and so, this was uh, pretty early on uh, when I got hired here. Um, I... One thing I don't deal with very well is confrontation. It's not for me. I don't like it. Um, And this one patient had come in and I was screening him, went through the entire ordeal, but he started like interrupting me over and over. He wouldn't pull his mask over his nose. And I was like, okay. I was like, is it due to like COPD, something like that? And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's due to CPOD. And I was like, obviously since since you know how the letters line up right that's obviously what you have Mm -hmm. i was like all right well Mm -hmm. since you have a pre-existing breathing condition i was like i do just have to ask that you wear this face shield over the mask like keep your mask on covering your mouth use the face shield to at least stop some of what's coming out of your nose right Mm -hmm. and he ended up getting frustrated with me and this is probably the only like violent interaction i've had with a patient thankfully and i've worked there for just over a year now um but he ended up taking the face shield and throwing it at me which it's a flimsy piece of plastic so it wouldn't have hurt but it's like the action behind it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it ended up hitting the monitor and i like started just like bawling and he's like do you have any more questions and i was like
0: uh yeah actually i do i have to finish <laughs> screening you and so
1: I went through and they like I listed every single symptom. There's 14 on the list by the way. Mm-hmm. It's like um if I can remember it's congestion, cough, diarrhea, difficulty breathing, fatigue, headache, loss of taste or smell, muscle or body aches, nausea, or vomiting, shortness of breath, loss of taste. Or- Did I say that? Fuck. I totally messed it up. <laughs> but it's like It's a huge list. So like you get the gist, like me, like tears rolling down my face, voice shaking, just Mm -hmm. going through this entire list. And he's saying no after every single one of them. And I'm like, well, too bad. I'm going to continue asking. And he's like, any other questions after that long ass list? And I was like, "Mm -hmm. yeah, I have two more. (laughs) I continued screening him. And then like, I at that point, I didn't know that I could like put a report against him mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to make it so he couldn't come back into the facility. um and so I didn't end up doing that. I ended up messaging my boss ten minutes later, which still ended up being too late. um. And then he ended up, so, like, this is a two-floor or it's technically three-floor building, but there's only two floors that you can enter and exit out of. I was on the first. Mm-hmm. He ended up exiting out of the second floor, going all the way around, walking down the hill because mm-hmm. he parked right in front of my door. And so he, like, ended up walking all the way around because he didn't want to walk past me again. I'm like, and so I just went outside and stared at him as he peeled out of the driveway.
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm. and just
1: like stared at him the entire way out. He looked so mad.
0: So what I'm hearing here is it's not just violence against nurses and doctors and the lack of wanting to comply with anything with just us, but it's with screeners and other
2: people in healthcare too. You guys are dealing with it too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that just, you know, I hate the fact that you guys have had to deal with it too.
0: I, I hate that you have to deal with it on a daily basis. I really do. Have you seen any change in any of that over the last year that you've been working with them? I'm so
2: sorry you cut out a little bit. I'm
0: sorry. Have you seen any change
2: um, in attitude? Uh, so that was, what, a year into the pandemic when he had done that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so at this point, like, it's mostly just, it's, it's less anger towards the entire like having to wear a mask and everything inside it's more so um they're just tired of it and I Mm. I can understand that um I I do work in a different position now and they understand that they have to wear a mask um, because that one was in uh, a part of the building where people who had symptoms couldn't enter at all versus this one Mm. people with Mm -hmm. symptoms can enter and so even if they are, and I, I just remind them to pull up their mask. Um, I've had one person or a couple of people who've been like, I'm not going to wear a mask. And I'm like, OK, well, then we can't let you inside. Like, we want to help you. But if you're going to refuse to adhere to the policy that's been in place for two years here, you, you're not allowed. Um, and the registration gals always tend to back me up when I have to bring that up as an issue. Um, And there have only been a few times where it's been like, oh, we need to let them in. And that's if it's like a severe emergency or if like they physically cannot wear a mask. Um, Like the dude who I texted you about the other day.
0: Oh, right, right, right. That's fair. Uh, But I was like, whatever. That's. That's fair. So I guess then my, my kind of, my next question would be, you know, you do live all the way across the country from me. One thing that we've noticed, we, um, over here in Virginia right now are not under a mask mandate, which is really interesting because four miles away from us in in D.C., mm-hmm. they are under a mask mandate. And, um, of course, any any base that we go on military-wise, um, everybody's under a mask mandate. And as you know, um, Carl, my better have, <laughs> as he's known on here, um, you know, he can't do any travel um outside of uh, oh. our, our our region right now um because of the the requirements that they're under as far as um as the military is concerned right now because of all the the omicron uh, variant um and so like he can't go see like um one of his girls is in a play um for school here uh, I, I believe next month or something along those lines and and so he can't go go to that um You know, so we're really restricted on travel and everything. But I was noticing that like, like, so for where we live, some stores are asking that we put on masks and some aren't. Um, Right now it's kind of like vaccination. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to, but we kind of still ask that you do. But we don't have any specific guidelines right here. And we still generally do just because like, meh, like, sometimes if I'm running in somewhere and grabbing something, I I won't sometimes, but I'm usually really good. Like if I reach in my purse and I don't have one in there and I'm like, mm, shit. <laughs> you know, and I just like mm-hmm. need to like run in and pick something up and, and run back out, then I'm like, oh, okay. But for the most part, we still do, of course, because that's, you know, one, the polite thing to do regardless of our vaccination status. And and two, it's it's the appropriate thing to do, right? Um, But how about over there? Do you find... That people are relatively compliant. Are people still really fighting it in social situations? What are you,
2: what are you seeing over there? Uh, it's a
0: kind of hit or miss. It's
2: kind of a hit or miss, and it also depends on the
1: city that you're in. I live in a very redneck part of Washington. Yes, as you, you do. Know. Um, and so, a lot of the people here absolutely hate wearing masks. They think. Masks aren't. They th- they think what it's sheep is what they're calling us for wearing masks. Oh, little sheep! I know. <laughs> I know. The boy and I ended up going to the, the one bar that the town we live in has the mm-hmm. other night, and we're the only people there wearing masks. Because like it's really fifty fifty. Because like even like last week on my birthday, we went to the bar and everybody mm-hmm. inside like if they were drinking, they still had their masks just pulled down so that they could drink and then immediately pulled them back up. Um, And like I said, it just depends on where you're at because I know, and that's only like 15 minutes down the road is like people over there are a lot better about wearing their masks when they go in stores and everything. And then like you drive 15 minutes to where we're at and the grocery store, um, they have a sign on their door that says we won't provide service if you're not wearing a mask, um, but they still provide service if people aren't wearing masks.
2: Because
1: I, I think it's partially because they don't want to put their employees at risk um, if they ask somebody to put on a mask. But I mean, they have them available at the front of the store. So like, if you forget it, you can just grab it. But okay. nobody seems to care.
0: Sure, sure, sure. And that was one of the reasons I I wanted to bring that up, because I I figured I'm, of course, very familiar with your state, having grown up there myself. And I know that there are some areas of your state where people are going to be very compliant, right? Because the, Mm -hmm. the level, the average level of education where I grew up. Um, yeah, Seattle. It, mm-hmm, up in Seattle, yeah, is a master's degree, right? So very highly mm-hmm. educated, very highly yeah. technical, very high healthcare um, even area. Even
1: mm-hmm. going towards Olympia, people are way more compliant with their masks. Like there's like one in a few who aren't, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, they're wearing their mask. And it's just it's so funny to see like how much like a drive. 30 minutes that way can do or 20 minutes that way like it's just so funny
0: interesting interesting yeah and and I was of course you know talking to talking to Carl here when we went into the store the other day I know I know I know we all hate it but it's to protect the innocent uh well why that name so uh well so it actually that, that particular name. I think um, that particular name had to do with God. He described it on the first episode of the podcast. But that particular name actually has to uh, has to do had to do with something. But there's also a, a, a extremely um, intelligent and, and well known uh, uh, psychologist, psychiatrist Carl Jung. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So it actually does tie back to his his, his background um but mock him
1: just over and over for that
0: i mean you know if you listen to any of the other podcast episodes we do we do mock him over and over and over <laughs> um, and uh, and we have a spinner he's actually got a whole he he's actually got a whole anagram spinner of all the letters in his name and now we like choose a different name yeah poor guy uh, <laughs> he's so abused um but anyway
2: none of us like that name except him <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: like it means something and all of us are like it's horrible it's
0: terrible though i think one of the other ones that we did like was like um cock burl or something along those lines i can't remember there's a whole list there's a oh yeah it's great hold on i have it right here and, oh, that's not it mm-hmm, mhm-. You know it's fantastic. There's like 200 names or something like that that we ended up coming I up with it. with this whole anagram maker anyway. so but yeah, so poor thing, poor abuse guy. <laughs> anyway, it gets a lot of air time um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But that being said, you know of course we live in an area of the country where it's... Very heavily military, as as you know, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, highly careered, highly educated. And so, yeah, like we're we're always really impressed with the level of, of compliance with with masking and everything. And even we've had a couple of a couple of my my followers. Um, we actually have a handful of my followers uh, that live out here really close to us that have come over for visits. Um, and every time they've come over, they're like, is it OK if I'm out for here without a mask on? You know, and, and I'm usually like, it's it's fine. I work from home, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and he, of course, telecommutes quite a bit um, and, and he has a private office and everything. So he's not exposed to a huge number of people, even when he does go into the office. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, so we stay pretty safe. But with all of that being said. You know, and I know, and this is the other thing that I was going to bring up um, with you today is the following. Um, Speaking of your 21st birthday,
2: one year old lady, I know that you had a recent exposure (laughs) based on people not wearing masks on your birthday. Oh, hey, 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 everybody wore masks
1: ish no i we only took masks down to drink very obviously and then it was my fault because we took pictures because i wanted to commemorate the moment (laughs)
0: still still in all we do know that you had an exposure on your birthday because there were some people that decided to attend that uh had Covid positive, to positive, tests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um. And how did that go for everybody?
1: Oh, so uh, so they ended up actually receiving the positive test the day after. Um, but it wasn't the people who had, who had attended. It was somebody that they live with. Um, but I ended up actually so uh, the boy and I we ended up contacting everybody, we split up the list uh, equally and we both messaged people Mm -hmm. so that it wasn't like all me messaging people because I felt incredibly guilty. Um, I messaged everybody and I was like, hey, somebody who had attended, um, they were only there for like five, 10 minutes. Uh, Somebody who had attended has had recent exposure to a positive COVID case. Um, Mm -hmm. Just keep an eye out on if you start experiencing any symptoms, um, if you like, if you f- would feel comfortable after five, like after five days, go and get a test result on. But again, it's so difficult to find testing right now. Um, and thankfully, I haven't had anybody reach out to me, like, because if they ended up having to like go to the hospital or something, I would more than willingly like help pay some of their hospital bills. Like, I I don't have a fuck ton of money, but If it was my birthday party being the reason that they had to go, I would like feel obligated to just because I like everybody I invited. Like I care for them so much because I wanted it to be like
2: people I actually liked at my birthday. I was that way. I didn't get an invitation. Uh, Or the fact that you
1: live (laughs) halfway across the (laughs) U.S. (laughs) Like, we live on complete opposite ends. Because, uh, hey, 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 I told you I was literally in a phone call with you <laughs> not even an hour before. And I was like, you know, I wish you were here.
2: <laughs> Beach. I mean, th- that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can't give me none of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. No. Okay. That's fair. And and to be fair, to be fair to the listeners, I did actually already know the answer to that question, but it was something that I felt was worth sharing because of the fact that, that, um, uh, uh, Susanna is the, the middle of the three girls and, um, all three of them have recently kind of felt gunky, um, Keva, the oldest, um, did get a PCR done. What was that, a week and a half ago now? She did come out negative. But she had been feeling sick for a couple of weeks, um, had not been feeling well, um, had had some pretty stereotypical uh, symptomology. And then, what's up?
1: Sorry, I had a thought process, but yeah, you can continue.
0: It. Well, and then I was just going to say, and of course, Naomi now has been out of work um, for, for the last week. Um, did she ever officially go get tested, or is she just assumptively?
1: Because um, we know, so there hasn't her boyfriend been like actual PCR testing, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. readily available. Right, right, right. I have to change it because the light's changing. Sorry, no, that's okay. Um, but yeah, so there hasn't been like PCR testing readily available in our community, which sucks. Um, So she's had a couple of rapids. I think she had one male in PCR that she got negative. Um, However, personally, I don't think it's COVID at all. It has a lot of the same symptoms of COVID. However, I think
2: it is the flu, most likely. Um, And I have some reasoning for that. I do. (laughs) So...
1: Uh, obviously, I know the flu shot isn't always 100% with protection against the flu, the same way the COVID shot hasn't been. Um, but so a few of us um, were recently in a show, uh, live, live theater, woo, um, and Naomi was also a part of that. She was helping backstage and a couple of our cast members had been out the week of our final dress rehearsals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they had missed a couple of days until they got a COVID test result back. Um, And it was negative, but he still ended up showing up feeling pretty crummy. And then throughout the run, we performed three weekends Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, throughout the run. All of us just kind of were like slowly one by one fallen. And um, by the final weekend, one of the leads actually uh, was feeling really crappy. You had like tea just constantly. Um, even during one of the dress rehearsals, like dropped the note and just started speak, talking and saying like, I can't sing this right now. Um, and then pretty soon after that, the boy ended up getting sick too. And we ended up getting him a PCR test. Um, as, as soon as possible. Um, and he ended up coming back negative and it was all the same symptoms. And then uh, we hung out with Sadie and Sessa and they ended up getting sick. And then Sadie and Sessa ended up hanging out with Kayla and going over for her Christmas party. And then at that point, Kayla, one of their friends and um, one other person started feeling
2: symptoms. So I genuinely think it was the flu and it would because the show ended December 28th. Yeah.
0: Okay. It'll be really interesting to... Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going
1: to say, like, I also did end up having, like, four days of symptoms, but I also got the flu shot, um, and the boy didn't. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. He he didn't get the flu shot. I did, and I only ended up having, like, four days of symptoms at the very end of his, um, whereas he had it for, like, 14 days.
0: Okay. Okay. It'd be really interesting to see, because I know that one thing that I had talked about with, that I've talked about with several people, but something that we've talked about over the last year or so, year, year and a half, is that we really haven't seen any flu since COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, a- and so we've we've flu swabbed everybody during the flu seasons peak normal peak flu seasons but basically they've all come back negative and Mm -hmm. so we don't really know kind of what's happened um we don't know if covid has completely masked the test's ability to detect the flu we don't know if we just aren't If the flu virus has been unable to replicate because of COVID, we don't know if we really don't know what's happened because we're we eradicated the flu. We eradicated the flu with COVID. Right. We, We we've seen we've seen very, very, very few positive flu swabs. And up until the time where I have like the last time that I was actually actively working in an environment where we were doing flu swabs, we'd had a total of, since, since COVID started, we'd had a total of like, in a year and a half, I think I can count maybe seven uh, mm-hmm. of my own patients, where we'd had a positive flu swab. And we had, when we had repeated those swabs 24 hours later, they had come back negative. So they had appeared to have been false positives because they were also COVID positive patients. And so then when we had repeated those swabs 24 hours later, they'd all come back negative. And so they had looked like false positives. And so that's one thing that we had kind of talked about. But also part of the problem with that is, um, is the way that, of course, the the flu um, the flu uh, immunizations, the flu vaccines are are developed is generally for America is generally based on you know, of course, the flu that we're seeing uh, on the other side of the world, because their flu season is opposite ours, right? Well, so if we're not mm-hmm. seeing flu on the other side of the world, <laughs> you know, we're, we're operating based on what flu we've went not uh, guess, right? Because we're operating based on what flus we've seen kind of in the past. And if we're not seeing the flu, then, then we don't know how to make it. we're not really
2: sure what we're doing, <laughs> which is, I mean, like, welcome to COVID, right? It'll be kind of interesting, I I think, to see where,
0: where we kind of fall with all of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because everybody I know that's been experiencing those symptoms that we've listed, like the sore throat, coughing, congestion, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. they've all had multiple COVID tests, whether it's RAPIDS or um, PCRs, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they've all come back negative. And I feel like at some point along the line, if it was COVID, it would have to show up. Fair. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) I just don't understand the whole gist of it. (laughs) I don't get
0: it. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Maybe maybe I'm truly a dumb blonde after all.
0: (laughs) So after all of that... We had just finished a beautiful recording with my lovely daughter, Susanna. We went back to listen and edit and realized that somehow we'd lost our outro. That's right. We'd lost it, the whole thing. Where we thanked her for taking time out of her busy napping schedule to join us on the subspace spaceship. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode. We're so glad that you came and joined us. We will have more episodes coming next week. I do have an extremely busy schedule as I am going back to work. More news about that soon to follow. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you continue to put up with us as we learn, grow, and iron out not only our kinks, but (laughs) everything that is and surrounds this podcast. Someday, someday we'll get it right. And maybe someday we'll do it all in one take, too. Until then, we'll see you soon.